Welcome to the Purpose Founder Podcast. We're so excited that you're here. This is a weekly recap of the Life Gathering that happens on Wednesdays at 1.30 Eastern Standard Time. Join our Facebook discipleship page and receive updates and content information and connect with people from all around the world. We're so excited that you're joining us today. I'll be sharing a little on what it means to be justified, why we needed to be justified, and the benefits of that justification. And so today we'll be reading from Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 5. Um, it's a short pack, uh, pa- uh, passage, but it's packed with a lot of glorious things that the Lord has done for us. And so let's read. Romans chapter 5, starting verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for what you've done for us on the cross. Lord, we thank you for your strong love for us. And God, we thank you that you have, you like the song said, you vanquished all of our enemies, sin, death, the grave, you've uh, destroyed them all so that we can walk in freedom. So God, I pray that as we go through this message of justification what you and what that really means, Lord, I just pray right now that you would um, reveal yourself to each and every person on this call. Father, that you, that each person would leave with a revelation of, a deeper revelation of just how much you love them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And so, Yes, I want to get started uh, talking about justification by um, kind of explaining more of what it means. Um, the, a simple way of talking or explaining justification is the act of being declared righteous, free of guilt, or innocent. It's a legal term. Uh, there's uh, two things, right? You can either be justified or you can be condemned, right? Um, being justified means you're declared righteous, you're free of guilt, you're innocent. Um, while being condemned means you are not righteous, you are unrighteous, in fact, um, you are full of guilt, and you are definitely not innocent, you are guilty, you're guilty of the crime. And justification, being declared righteous and free of guilt, or innocent, in our case, when we accept Jesus, it's very significant, because we are absolutely guilty before God. We're absolutely guilty. And Romans uh, verse uh, chapters one through three, um, before we get to chapter five, talks about just how guilty we are. So I just want to kind of go do a quick run through of uh, our, our guiltiness, right? And that will help us um, understand the gift of justification that we have, right? Uh, so in Romans chapter one, verse 18, Paul talks about how the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth, right? So 
who are who are the people who are ungodly or or practicing this unrighteousness? It is us, right? So we see here we have a giant problem, right? There's the wrath of God that's being revealed against heaven, the wrath, the anger of God against all sin. And that sin is characterized as ungodliness and unrighteousness, right? Uh, so we are those ungodly and unrighteous uh, people. Another way it's said in a different version says sinful and wicked. I know sometimes when I think of the word wicked, I'm like, I'm not wicked. You don't, you don't want to think of yourself as this unrighteous, ungodly person, right? Because you're like, oh, no, I try to do good. I try to do nice things. I'm nice to people. People like me, whatever. Well, that doesn't matter, right? Sin is ungodliness. Sin is unrighteousness. It's wicked. Um, and we might not think of it that way, but that is exactly what it is. And so um, to, to, to kind of uh, I don't know, put words to that ungodliness and unrighteousness, later on in the chapter, about 10 verses down, Paul kind of gives descriptive words to that ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, right? Um, we see here in Romans chapter uh, 1, verse 29, they were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, Covet, covet, uh, covetousness. I'm probably saying that wrong, but basically wanting what somebody has. Like the Bible says, the, the in the commandments it says, uh, "Do not covet your your neighbor, your neighbor's wife, or your neighbor's donkeys, or or, or anything that your neighbor has." Like you kind of want it. You malice when you have something against somebody that you guys are like feuding. Uh, then people are full of envy, murder. Murder is not just when you strike somebody and they die. The New Testament kind of characterizes that differently. Even if you have anger in your heart towards your brother, that's murder. So just, I want everybody to think of themselves right now. <laughs> uh, think of themselves. Have you ever been angry with someone? I sure have. And it's so quick how those thoughts of anger, like, oh, I can't stand this person, turn into like thoughts of wanting to do harm to them, right? So that's considered murder, strife, deceit lying to one another, maliciousness, hating somebody, not wanting to be around them, gossiping, right? They were, they are gossip slanderers, haters of God, um, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, finding new ways to be evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. If you were, if you feel like, oh, maybe I don't, none of that affects me there. The list is, can be longer. We can spend a long time talking about how many sins there could possibly be in the earth, right? So this is not an exhaustive list of sin, but the point that he's trying to drive home is that we have all sinned. And, and in Romans chapter three, verse 23, it says, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single person on this call i'm sure you can think of the sins that you've committed in your head and be like yep i'm one of them because i'm one of them right and so sin taints everything everything that we do is tainted by sin right to drive that home even further <laughs> romans chapter 3 verse 10 as it is written none of us is righteous no not even one so uh in the previous verses before uh this particular verse um paul is talking about how we cannot be justified by the law right following the 10 commandments or the jewish were like oh i i, I do the law i follow the commandments of the law and the truth of, of, of that is that if you even fall short in one place in the law, 
then you're guilty of them all, right? So he basically was like saying that the Jews who know the law are guilty. The Gentiles who don't know the law, but it's written on their heart are still guilty, right? We're, we're none of us are righteous. So we are all uh, guilty. We are all unrighteous. And if you remember the, the definitions I gave earlier, justified is being declared righteous and being condemned is you, you are definitely unrighteous, right? So right now we're looking like very condemned people because we have all sinned. And what we deserve is to be condemned um, to hell to be separated from God because we are all truly, truly guilty of sin. And this is why, like I said earlier, justification is so significant. Justification is such a big deal because we are declared righteous, right? Isn't that crazy? If Just think about it, right? We know that we have sinned against God. We know that we are unrighteous. We know that we do bad things. There's sin within us. But the the what makes justification such a big deal, so crazy, is the fact that God counts us as righteous, even though, despite the fact that we have sinned. So to drive this home, we cannot be made righteous by our own works. Because we just went through the fact that all of our works are tainted by sin. And even if we do like 10 good works, we're going to do like 30 bad ones, right? So we are deserving of death, but we serve a God that doesn't leave us helpless. He loves us. He saves us. And so I kind of want to end this here. Uh, Colossians chapter 2 verse 13 says, um, when when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. So you were dead. There was not even a work that you could possibly do because you didn't even recognize you're, you're just dead, right? But God made you alive with Christ. Not only did he make you alive, but he forgave all of your sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, right? I remember, remember justification is a legal word, condemned a legal word, right? He canceled the charge of our indebtedness, which stood against us, which condemned us, right? We were condemned to die. He took it away. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. So again, justification is a big deal because we've all sinned. We were dead in our, our, our trespasses. We weren't even trying to stop sinning, right? But God made us alive anyways. He forgave our sins anyways. He canceled the debt that condemned us and nailed it to the cross, right? So if you're on this call and you're thinking that your sin is way too great, like God can't possibly forgive me. He doesn't know what I did. Like I did this great thing. Well, he does know what you've done and he, and it's unrighteousness, but Jesus proves that your sin is not too great because he nailed it to the cross. He nailed our guilt to the cross and we've been justified. We've been declared righteous. What well, if you are in Christ, if you've accepted Jesus, you've been declared righteous. And so, um, being justified is by faith. It's by believing in Jesus, believing that he came and he died on the cross for your sins. That's to be justified by faith. You first have to believe that in what Christ has done on the cross and receive him as your Lord to be justified. Um, and so now that we know that we are definitely, definitely unrighteous, but 
Now we are made righteous, declared righteous, but also made righteous because of Christ's sacrifice. I want to talk to you guys about the 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 blessings that come with our justification, right? The blessings that come from being justified by God. And the first thing that we get is peace. We get peace, right? Some people think, okay, peace is like when everything in my life is going well and I have peace with all these people. Yeah, but this peace is referring to peace with God, right? We have peace with God. Remember that wrath that I was talking about earlier, the wrath that was coming against all un unrighteousness and all wickedness and all that wrath was for us. <laughs> but now because of what Jesus has done, be being justified by faith, we have peace with God. And it says that in Romans 5 verse 1, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through, through our Lord Jesus Christ, not through our works, not through anything that we can do through our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he paid the penalty for our sin, right? So we have peace with God. So there's before again, there was that wrath against sinfulness, wickedness, which we are all a part of, <laughs> but because of Jesus, we have peace with God. That wrath is now no longer coming upon us because it has been satisfied by the blood of Christ, by the sacrifice of Christ. So here in John 14, 20, uh, 27, this is Jesus talking. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not, uh, I do not give you give to you as the world gives. I do not, so do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The world does not give us peace, right? There's a kind of peace that the world think like kind of draws you into have like, oh, maybe if you have a million dollars in the bank, or maybe if you were in front of a beach and you had all the things that you think you need, you'll have peace. Well, no, you won't. You will not have peace. Peace, this peace is not a counterfeit peace. It's a peace that God gives. It's a peace that really lasts, it really sustains, and it stays irrespective of your situation. It stays irrespective of whether you're whether you're going through hard times or you're or people are against you. You still you have peace, right? It's a peace that the world cannot give you. And that peace is also the fact that we have peace with God. We don't have to worry and try to figure out our salvation anymore. We don't have to think about, oh, if we die, will we go to heaven anymore? No, um, we have a peace of mind and heart that you cannot have apart from God. And this peace is a gift. And we can lay down our, our, our attempts to be perfect and to live to well to be to be righteous in our own strength, right? Some we some of us may have this this thought process that we need to do this, this, and that before God accepts us. And as we've gone through this message already, we can see that that's not true. <laughs> um, and so uh, one one thing uh, a verse that I really like is Psalm. Uh, 4610, and I'm reading it in NSAB uh, translation, right? It, usually it says, be still and know that I am God. But here, I, I like this version because it, it kind of gives this idea of the not be, not striving anymore. It says, cease striving and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. We can stop trying to be justified in our own strength, by our own actions. We can cease striving because Jesus died on the cross and what he did is a finished work, 
We don't have to work for salvation anymore. It's something that's already done. We can see striving. We can come to God. And Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Jesus saying, come to me all who are weary, all who are carrying heavy burdens and I will give you rest. He's telling us that we can come to him and stop striving for salvation. We can stop striving to be perfect. We can enter into God's rest. We can allow God's peace to rest in us because we know that the work is done. It is finished. That's what he said on the cross. It is finished. And he meant it. And so um, Colossians chapter 3 verse 15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. So our work stops here, right? We can let God's the, the peace of God rest in our hearts, knowing that he is the source of our salvation, knowing that he's already purchased salvation. And we can sit there and, and, and rest in that and be, and you, it's so easy to be thankful at that point. Cause you're like, thank you, Jesus. My worth is not in the work that I do, but it's in what you've done for me. Right. We've already, he's already done the work. You can rest now. You can take, you can come to him. You can give him your heavy burdens. You can rest now. You can have peace now. Isn't that amazing? I think that's amazing. And so the next thing that, that we have, that's the first thing, right? We're talking about peace. We ain't got to strive no more. Now, another thing that justification has paid for us is to have access. We get access to God. We get to have relationship with God before sin separated us from God. Separate. We, we, we could, had no access to God. Romans chapter five, verse two, through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. We are now standing in it. If you've accepted Jesus, you're standing in that access through Christ and only through Christ, right? Through him, through Jesus Christ, we've obtained access by faith. We have access to God. We get to have relationship with God. In the Old Testament, be, people couldn't draw near to God, right? We had priests and they would do all these, these things so that we could be justified, but it didn't last. So you have to keep killing, uh, making sacrifices and killing animals and doing this and doing that. And it, it, it didn't last. And if you, and if the priest approached God in the wrong way, they could die. So you can even be in the presence of God. And it's not because God didn't want us, but it's like, if you, if they're like, Let's put it this way. If they're like open, like uh, um, power lines, right? Power lines. They're, you know, they're up there trying to make sure that power gets to from one house to uh, another house or one place to another place. But if you go up and you reach to a power line and you grab it, well, you should expect to be shocked, shocked to death because there's so much power, right? That's why in the presence of God, if you're not holy, <laughs> you can die. So now we have the obtained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. Um, Hebrews 4, 16 says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. We can come boldly to the throne of grace. We no longer have to go through priests and um, sacrifice this and that. Jesus was the final sacrifice. He paid for it all. 
Now, so now we can come into God's presence. Again, like I said, priests in the Old Testament couldn't do this. If they did, if they, there are two, I can't remember their names, but there's two people who decided, oh, we want to burn an incense that, you know, God didn't call us to burn. And guess what? They died, right? Somebody tried to touch the Ark of the Covenant. They would die, right? So we can come boldly now. We can come boldly. We can touch the hem of his garment. We can we can reach out to God and and we we will be met by him because of what Jesus has done. We have access to him. We have access to him. We can pray to him. We can tell him what's going on in our lives. We there's no there's nothing that is uh, that we have to go through another person. We can go straight to God himself. That's the kind of access we have as children of God. Like if, if a child wants to go to their parents and, you know, they see their, their dad or their mom, they just run straight. They go come boldly. They come. They don't say, oh, I don't know if I should, you know, they can come boldly to their, their parents when they're in need, when they're, when, when they've fallen and scraped their need, mom, please come help me. You'll, you'll receive that help, right? In the same way, we can come boldly to God. Ephesians chapter three, uh, verse 12. I just love the Bible because all these ideas are repeated. And there's there's even more scripture that I could give to you, but I just, you know, stuck with these. But it says, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Another version says that we have access with confidence into God's presence. Again, because of because of Christ and our faith and belief in him, we can come boldly without fear that we'd be struck down or killed. We have peace, right? We have peace with God. We have access to him. We can rest in that. And so the next thing that I want to talk about uh, that we that we have uh, the ability to have in Christ now that we've been justified by faith is we get to rejoice in future glory. What does this mean? It means we have eternal life. We have eternal life. Isn't that great? So we have peace with God, we have access to him, and we know, we now have this confident assurance that we have eternal life in him. Romans 5, uh, verse uh, uh, 2b, it's the second part of the verse, it says, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in the hope of the, of the glory of God. John chapter 5, verse 24, if you have been on a call with me, this is a verse uh, or a call with me or anyone on the Purpose Founder team. This is a verse that you've probably heard. You've probably most definitely heard. Um, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but have already passed from death into life. We see that legal term, condemned, right? We will never be condemned. Why? Because we've been justified. We've been declared righteous. We will never be condemned for our sins, but we've already passed from death into life. We already can lay hold of that eternal life in Christ Jesus. Eternal life starts when you give your life to Jesus, right? And Jesus even said in John 17, 3, and this is eternal life, that we know him, that we get to know God. We have a relationship with him. So we will never be condemned for our sins like we deserved. Remember, we deserved it. We are, we are guilty. We are guilty before God. We, we did not deserve it. But because Jesus died in our place, paid off the debt that we owed, we are not condemned for our sins anymore. Jesus has declared us righteous. 
Jesus has declared us righteous. This is a reason to rejoice, guys. We get to have a relationship with Jesus. We get peace. We get access. We get to rejoice in the fact that even in, if, if this life is terrible, that we have eternal life. And when we get to that place of eternal life, when we get to heaven, there will be no more weeping. There will be no more hardship. There will be none of that anymore. We get to rejoice in that, not because of anything that we have done, but because of what Jesus has done for us. So 1 John chapter 5, uh, verse 13 says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And so the verse, the two verses before, before that says, and the testimony, the testimony that we have is this, um, that we have eternal life. And that life is in, in the Son. In the, and he who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. So we have eternal life in Christ when we have Jesus, because he's the one who paid that price again. We have assurance of salvation in Jesus Christ. And this can cause us to look at life differently, right? If we have that, if we're rejoicing that future glory, we can look at life completely differently than we do now, right? And that leads me to the next thing that we we get to hold on to, we get to rejoice in, we get to rejoice in suffering, right? Suffering. Everybody on this earth suffers, whether it's somebody who knows God or doesn't know God or is rich or does, is, is poor, everyone suffers, right? Everyone suffers, but we get a different perspective on that suffering, in our suffering, we are sharing in the glory of Christ, right? And so Romans 5 says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. In our suffering, we're sharing in the glory of Christ, right? We're sharing in that, and it produces good things in us. We get to look at our suffering through the lens of hope because we have the sacrifice of Christ, and we have assurance that we'll be with him in this life. God never said that we. once you give your life to me, everything's going to be perfect. You're not going to suffer. People are going to love you. No. In fact, it's the complete opposite. We are going to suffer in Christ. We might suffer for Christ. We might suffer for doing, for, for doing good things. That is the reality of the Christian life. But we can look at that suffering differently because it produces in us that endurance and character. We become more like Christ and then we have more hope that we will be with him in um, in, in the next life. And so First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse 10 says, And God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ... Again, we're hearing it again, eternal glory in Christ, that eternal life. After you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you, make you strong, firm, and steadfast. So our suffering produces in us the ability to stand, that perseverance, that endurance. It makes us strong. It makes us firm and steadfast in the things of Christ because we know that even in our suffering, he is with us. He is with us. And so, again, we will suffer in this life whether you are in Christ or not in Christ. But the difference between someone who is not in Christ who is suffering and us who are in Christ is that we have peace. We have access to God. 
we can come boldly to God in our suffering and he will give us the strength that we need. He will give us what we need in our time of trouble. And we have that hope of eternal life. We know that our suffering is not in vain. The Bible says that we should be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that our toil is not in vain in the Lord. Nothing that we do, nothing that we suffer is in vain. None of the pain that we go through is in vain. In fact, um, the Bible says that how God, uh, um, he he collects our tears. He's in the details, right? And so Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, again, I love, there's so many verses that we could go through, but these are the ones that I have for today. Um, our, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Light and momentary suffering. Why are they light and momentary? They don't feel light and momentary when we're going through it, but why are they Why are they considered light and momentary? Because our suffering will not last forever. Right there should be enough hope to get through. A, if, if you're in a season that is difficult, there's enough hope to get through it because it will not last forever. It feels like it's going to last forever. It feels like God has forsaken you. It feels like this or it feels like that, but you're not married to your, your, your feelings, right? It will not last forever. I'm here to encourage you it will not last forever, but through these sufferings, we get that eternal glory that far away is it all heaven, that promise of heaven, that a, a, a future glory that far outweighs the suffering that we face now. And that even in, in this world, in, in the suffering that we um, we go through, we know that we get to know the love of God through it and the Holy Spirit. And that's the next point. We get to know love and the Holy Spirit. We get to know love and the Holy Spirit. So Romans chapter five, verse five. So uh, I, 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 use, I, I put this here in a different version so that we can really uh, draw out what this verse is saying, but it says that this hope, right? We get um, endurance and then an endurance or perseverance. We get character and from character, we have hope. And this hope, this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. The hope we have in Jesus will not dis be will not disappoint for it cuz number 1, we know that God loves us because he sent his only son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins while we were still sinners, while while we were cursing him, we are the ones who beat him and put him on the cross, he still died. He still died. And we know that God loves us, he proves it with his death on the cross his pursuit of us, his forgiveness of our sins, him uh, declaring us righteous, him justifying us. And here with the Holy Spirit that fills us with the love of Christ. It fills us with uh, and gives us the ability to know the love that God has for us and how much he does love us. We can spend our whole life trying to figure that out, but it helps us to know the love that God has for us. And it also um, in second Corinthians chapter one, verse 22, it says that he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything that he has promised, right? 
God does not need to leave a guarantee that he's going to do his word, right? He's not a man that he should lie. If God says something, he's going to do it. That's period. He's going to do it. But even then, he gives us the Holy Spirit, right? He identifies us as his own. He, he says that you, daughter, you, son, you are mine. You're mine. And I'll prove it to you. I'll give you the Holy Spirit. I'll put my spirit in you, which is a guarantee. It's a seal. It's a guarantee of everything that he said he's going to do. Right? He puts a down payment in us, and that Holy Spirit is a down payment. And so, the like I said earlier, the Holy Spirit helps us to, like, we are loved, but the Holy Spirit also helps us to know that we are loved, right? He says here that we are his own, and we know it. We know that we belong to God because he puts his Holy Spirit in us. And Ephesians chapter 3, I want to end with this verse. It's a very awesome verse. It's a prayer you can pray over yourself too. Um, it's uh, it says um, in Ephesians chapter three verse seventeen. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. Right? You you accept Jesus as your Lord. He makes his home in your heart by the Holy Spirit. Right? So then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Again, we're seeing the same ideas again, right? The Holy Spirit fills us and when we put our faith in him, our heart we get to recognize God's love, right? We grow down into God's love and that love keeps us strong. Verse 18, and may and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. That can only be revealed through the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Uh, verse 19, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you'll be made complete with all fullness of life and the power that comes from God. He wants us to experience his love. He wants us to know his love. We can only know it by the power of the Holy Spirit. But even then, the love of God is still too great to fully understand. We can't even grasp in this life how much God loves us. We can't understand it with the natural mind. We need the Holy Spirit. And even then, our mind is, is too small, is, not, is limited. We can't even understand. So we could spend our whole life getting revelation of revelation after revelation after revelation of God's love for us each and every day, right? But God loves us so much that he chooses, instead of to, to dwell in things that we've made and in homes and things that we can make with our hand, he chooses to dwell inside of us, inside of us. And again, this is why justification is such a big deal, we are guilty. <laughs> we are guilty as charged, but God declares us guiltless because he paid the price and penalty for our sin, right? And he wants us to have that peace. He paid for that peace that we don't deserve, the access that we don't deserve, that rejoicing in hope, uh, in our future hope, in the suffering. We get to know the love of God. We get to have the Holy Spirit. All of these things, we don't deserve it. That's why justification is crazy. <laughs> the love of God is something we can't understand. 
because of how great our sin was against God. But God still, we belong to him. He wants us to experience his love. And we have such a great gift in Christ. We have such a great gift in Christ. And so this brings me to the end of this message, right? The end of it all. But guess what? I just want to share the gospel with each and every person here, because I know there's people on this call who know God and are, are rejoicing really heavily. And there might be somebody on this call that's like, I don't know God. And I kind of want the, this, this gift because right now, as it stands, I, I don't know him. I'm separated from God. If you want to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to share the gospel with you. Um, but just the purpose in your heart, do you really know him? Do you know him? Do you have a relationship with him? Just think about it, right? Um, and so I'm going to share the gospel with you guys. Uh, Isaiah 53, 6 says, All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. This verse is so profound because it's everything we just talked about, right? We were guilty. We did We did all the sins. We, we, we even maybe the, the sin of self-righteousness where we think, oh, maybe we, we, we don't sin, right? You're calling God a liar, right? So we've all sinned. We've all gone astray. We've all said, well, we don't want to follow God's way. We want to do it our way. We've all done it, right? But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him, right? We've been justified, declared righteous because Jesus took the penalty for our sin, our iniquity, we didn't pay the price. Someone else did. Jesus did. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is a giant gift, right? We we've we like we've talked about this whole entire sermon. Like the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve. Death, separation from God in hell. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so we've all sinned. I think I've driven that home. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And the penalty for our sin is death. And that death, eternal separation from God in hell. We had no hope. Right? That's bad news. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of his glory. Well, the good news, as we know, is that God loves us so much and he wants to reveal more of that love to us he loves us so much that he sent his only son jesus to die on the cross for our sins and when jesus died on the cross he paid the price in full for our sin he paid off the debt that we owed and because of this we get to have fellowship and relationship with god here on earth and continue that fellowship and relationship when we die and go to heaven. And so the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord. If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. You will get the gift of eternal life. And because eternal life is a gift, you cannot earn it. You cannot earn it. You cannot work your way into heaven by doing good deeds. No, because if you sin even one time, you're separated from God. There's no amount of good works you can do to be saved. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says, um, For by grace you've been saved through faith, 
and that is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one should boast. So it's not by our works that we're saved, but it's by the finished work of Jesus on the cross that we get eternal life when we accept him. And when you say that you're accepting Jesus, you're saying that you're laying down your life to live for him. You no longer want to live your way. You're surrender. You're giving up your whole life, right? It's free. What Jesus did on the cross is free. But if we want that gift, we have to lay it, lay it all down, right? And so once we, when, when we say that we're making Jesus the Lord of our life, we're saying that we're going to live for him. Right. So if you are on this call and you've never said a prayer, you've never invited Jesus, you never asked Jesus, Jesus, come be the Lord of my life. I, I, I want to give everything to you. If you've never done that and you want to do that for the very first time, say this prayer with me. Surrender your life to him. Receive the gift of peace, of access, of, of that, that, that future hope. Receive the love of God. Receive the Holy Spirit by saying this prayer with me. Father God, I know that I'm a sinner and that I need you to forgive me. I know that your son Jesus died a painful death and rose again so that my sins could be washed clean. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I want to make you the Lord of my life. And I will trust you and follow you. Everything that I have is yours now. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for joining our Purpose Founder podcast. If you made a decision for Christ today, fill out the link below and let us know so we can send you a free devotional and get connected with you. We also want to remind you to join our Facebook discipleship page and get connected with us and people all around the world. Until next time, we'll see you soon.